Welcome to In Process, the NC Dance Festival podcast. I'm Ann Morris, Festival Director. Each week on this podcast, we dive deep into the risk-taking and dance-making that characterize the modern and contemporary dance community in North Carolina. This season, we'll be guided by the question, what does the North Carolina dance community need to thrive? Our conversations this season start with dance and the creative life, but spill into all aspects of our community as we connect, revitalize, and dream together. We're glad to have you along for this journey. In Process is sponsored by Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist Performing Arts Medicine Clinic. Whether you're a dancer, musician, vocalist, or artist, Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist's new Performing Arts Medicine Clinic is designed to meet your needs. We understand your unique demands and want to help you get back to dancing, playing, singing, or painting. Our performing arts medicine program includes physicians, physical therapists, and certified athletic trainers with specialized knowledge and training. Our program is one of very few in the country. Many of our program providers are also dancers and artists. To schedule an appointment with Atrium Health Wake Forest Baptist, call 336-716-3286 or visit wakehealth.edu slash performingartsmed. Last year on the podcast, Vania Claiborne, Dance Project staff member, choreographer, and educator, hosted a special conversation focused on the experience of some of the Black dance artists connected to Dance Project and the North Carolina Dance Festival. It is such a rich conversation that we wanted to revisit it again this year. Vania speaks with Amelia Renee Bird and Jordan Booker Medley about the experiences and mentors that have influenced who they are as artists, what it was like to see themselves reflected on the stage for the first time, how they navigate expectations our culture puts on the artistic work of Black choreographers, and what they are looking forward to exploring creatively. Just a note that you can see some of Amelia's work in the NC Dance Festival's next virtual dance discovery club on March 10th. We'll put information in the show notes, but I hope you'll join us for this event. Okay, here's Vania. Well, hi everybody. I'm glad to have uh, two very special artists in the room. um, if you don't know, my name is Vinia Claiborne, and I function as a school coordinator with Dance Project and um, have been given the opportunity to host this conversation uh, this Black History Month to talk about um, just as creatives and dance, as Black creatives and dance, ways um, that we have come to where we are, where we're going, the things that influence our lives um, on this NCDF podcast. And it's really cool to be here. Uh, I've been a past NCDF festival artist, um, and I know that so as Jordan been in the festival, Annabelia is now a current artist in residence at Dance Project. So it's cool to have all these touchstones in the room and then just to have a really cool conversation. So um, without further ado, I would love for you guys to get to know these wonderful artists in the room. So first, Amelia, if you don't mind just telling us whatever you want about yourself, who you are, what you do, how you got here, and then Jordan will follow the same. Sure, well, thank you for having me. I am Amelia Bird, originally from Memphis, Tennessee, moved to Greensboro in 2011 for graduate school. Um, I got my MFA in dance and choreography um, from UNCG in 2014. Um, And then now I am currently teaching dance at Penn Griffin School for the Arts in High Point, North Carolina. I've been there for six years now. I'm also a board member for the North Carolina Dance Education Organization. Um, And as Vinia mentioned, I am a a part of the Artists in Residence Program through NCDF. So I'm just out here living and thriving in this (laughs) dance community, trying to make things happen. (laughs) 
<laughs> um, hello, I am Jordan Booker Medley, really. I got married recently in July of last year, 2020. Um, but it says Medley on my thing. I hadn't changed it yet. Anyway, <laughs> um, my pronouns are he, him. Uh, I identify as a Black queer artist. Um, I'm a solo choreographer, a solo dancer, a solo freelance artist, uh, choreographer, whatever you want to call me. I'm an artist, uh, long story short. I like to do all of it if I can. Um, <clears throat> I am currently doing nothing dance related, <laughs> but that a little bit, a little bit by design and uh, by, because of, in by intention. And then a little bit of it just because of uh, this, uh, the circumstances with uh, our industry currently. Um, more, more by intention though. I really wanted some time away uh, from dance for a second <laughs> to focus a little bit on some other things that I have going on. I currently function as the engagement and relations services manager with the Arts Council of Winston-Salem and Forsyth County. Um, and so I've been working alongside a lot of artists and grants and all that kind of stuff, which has been really, really dope. Um, I graduated from UNC School of the Arts here in Winston-Salem, which is where I currently live as well. Um, and I am going back to school in a few months yeah, I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> to get my to get my master's in arts administration, yeah. um, and I have also, while in the process of doing all these things, also been enrolled in a certificate program that will finish up in eight weeks. And I've also been, I, I also have been studying for the uh, LSAT. So I, I have a lot of plans and goals. Taking over um, the world. <laughs> <laughs> Long story short, because as much as I'm a dancer, I am multi. I have inter intersectional identities and um, and interest, and so you know. We do it all. We can do everything. We're great. <laughs> so, well, I'm glad to have both of you here. Um, and just want to start the conversation off. We'll take it back because um, the kind of the way I've been thinking about this conversation is sometimes when we get in the room and start on, on this Black History Month, the year of our Lord, 2021, we start talking about like, we always talk about trauma. We talk about like the difficulties of like becoming an artist. I'm like, it's there. We know that story, but I do, I do want us to kind of like in an expression, like if it does bring joy, hopefully from a place of joy um, to look back and see like, what are the things that like were a part of making us artists? Like what other, what was a part of our journey, um, whether it was educators, uh, teachers, experiences, workshops, that kind of got our love into dance first, but then also what was that part that connected all of a sudden our blackness? Because I think sometimes our awareness of who we are in space and time and society might come later for me. It's like currently evolving. I was like, you wake up one day and you're like, oh, I am black. <laughs> and that affects like everything else. And you see yeah. yourself and you're like, I'm not just a dancer. I'm a black dancer. I'm not just a choreographer. I am a black choreographer and all of these things that kind of go into that. So if you just wanted to share a bit of that journey, if that's the same or different, however you want to talk about it, um, from coming into the art field and all of a sudden how your blackness has changed things and what were those elements that kind of opened your eyes and, and, and brought you to where you are now? Uh, so for me, uh, I'm going to take it back all the way to high school life. Mm -hmm. um, is when I kind of, I didn't even realize that I wanted to dance, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. um, I really didn't start doing it until I got into high school. And then I took a dance class and was like, maybe this is something I like doing. Um, I had an experience where we had a choreography assignment in class and I worked with the group and we choreographed a little short little, little thing. It was like a trio, I think I remember. Um, and did it 
And my, the dance teacher kind of pulled me aside and just had a real, real intense conversation with me, got real emotional and was like, I think you need to consider doing this as a full-time thing in your life. And I was like, from that moment on, I was kind of like, whoa, yeah, okay, maybe this is a thing for me. Um, and so I, I started to pursue that very adamantly, um, mostly in, uh, in musical theater, which I still, is still my passion, still my love. Um, and then decided that I wanted to go to school and do it. And so I started training at UNC School of the Arts. Um, and it wasn't until really um, my senior year of college that I really, I, I, woke, I kind of woke up, and like you said, it was like, you know, I'm a black dancer. Like I'm, I'm black. Like <laughs> I knew who I was as a black man in society, navigating the world already, but it didn't click with me in, t in, in terms of my blackness and my, and how it relate, how it connects to my, who I am as a dancer until college, because I had some experiences where, um, you know, my professors really didn't understand how to support black dance students, black dance artists. Um, and so there were lots of mo moments where I myself was going through some things emotionally, mentally, and try and had to learn how to self-advocate. And in the process of self-advocating, there was a lot of pushback yeah. um, and a lot of uh, fighting back and forth about, you know, what worked, what's best for me as a black man, black dance artist. Um, and then these misconceptions about, you know, we're all, we're not all the same. We all have diff very different lived experiences. Mm -hmm. um, and so it clicked, it started to really click then. And I was <laughs> like, all right, so <laughs> we got to start to talk about this thing. Um, and so, you know, and 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 after, and I, mean, I I have had some inspirational people cross my path along the way. I've been fortunate to have people like in, uh, as mentors in my life, like Jewel Lane, mm -hmm. um, and I got had the chance to really get to know Camille Brown a little bit, mm -hmm. um, and just seeing their work, hearing their, seeing how they tell their stories and how they talk about their identities and who they are as black artists, black dance artists, has really helped to inspire me to, to really unpack that. And so after having after, after graduating from college, I really started to do my own thing, um, pick up and do, uh, create my own work, create my own solos, do some residency programs, um, and started to kind of dig deep in myself and figure out who I was and who I, what I was trying to do um, and what I wanted my work to say about me as a black man, black dance artist. I'm still on that journey. <laughs> I have not arrived at all, and I don't know if I ever will, but I'm always finding ways to, uh, new ways and new, uh, to explain and express who I am. Um, and also, I'm also consistently intrigued and perpetually emerging, in a sense, in terms of my identity and as a Black man, Black dance artist. And I absolutely like like it. I like the I like what it feels like. I don't know. It's just it's, yeah. it's unique. It's really exciting to me. Um, but I do I attribute a lot of that to um, dance teachers who really in my past in high school who really and even uh, beyond that that really just didn't give up on me and really encouraged me. Saw they saw me before I saw myself, mm. um, and they kept saying, "Yeah, do this thing." And I was like, "You know what? Maybe I should." So then, and you know, I ended up where I am currently. Um, doing a lot of the things that I only imagined in dreams that I may do um, and that I wasn't going to necessarily get to until like maybe later on down in my life, in my career. And I'm here now in a space where I'm like, wow, okay, I could do this thing. So, yeah, <laughs> yes. you know, and, you know, and it's Black History Month, so our, my Blackness is amplified. Like it's already <laughs> out there and I already embrace it, not uh, 24-7, 365, but 
is amplified during this month. <laughs> Super dope. That's dope. You said so many things. We're going to touch back on them there in my mind. But Amelia, I would love to hear some of your journey and whatever you want to share regarding that. Yeah, sure. Um, coincidentally, my story is almost the same as Jordan's. I mean, I can go way back to I started dance when I was three years old at a predominantly white dance studio. And I believe for a long period of time, I was the only black student at that studio um, for many, many years. Um, but bypassing all that, when I got to high school, I went to a performing arts high school in Memphis. And um, ironically, it was not my dance teacher that led me to believe that I could make a career out of this. It oh, was yeah. my junior year economics teacher mm. that led me to believe that this is something that I should pursue. I remember he um, was, I don't even remember learning economics <laughs> from him. He always <laughs> would just go on these long tangents talking to us about his college life. And so one of these days he was telling us that um, we should really focus on what we want to pursue in life because he never was sure about what he wanted to do. And so he was like, you're at a performing arts school. You studied this art form for years. Your parents have paid X amount of money in private lessons. You should go for it. Yeah. You should not like go into medical, into the medical field or become a lawyer or any of those things, try your art out. And so it was that moment that I realized, you know what, I think I do want to do that. I think I want to go to college for dance and figure out, you know, what can I do with it? And so it's exactly what I did. I went to college for dance. Um, then I taught for a while in Memphis. Then I moved here and started dancing. And it was really college life and grad life is when I understood and figured out you know what I am a black dance artist <laughs> I'm a black choreographer I should be working on things that speak to who I am and who I am as a black woman who I am as a black dancer who I am as a black choreographer like what is my voice what is it that I want to say through through movement after watching you know some people in my cohort there's especially if they were white, watching what they're creating, they're making work about their life and the patriarchy and capitalism and all these big things. I'm like, that doesn't really concern me. No shade, <laughs> but hmm, there's so many things happening in the black community that needs to be seen through art, right? And especially through movement, because yes, I'm a dancer and a choreographer. So that is still a part of my journey. Like Jordan said, I don't think I've reached the pivotal end all moment yet I'm still learning still working still creating and I feel like it's very much important to make that known this is coming from a black woman this is yeah. this is my black voice my black art that is on the scene and needs to be seen I remember I had a, um, a friend back in grad school who was black and she said that she didn't want it to be known that this work was created by a black woman. She wanted the work to speak on its own. And I disagree with that. Like, I want you to know that this piece was created about a black woman. It's for us, by us, boo-boo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> about my black self and it's about the black community and, you know, all of our trials and tribulations and whatnot, but it's the good and the bad, right? And yeah, I think it's important. It's important that put that, you know, that title on it that, yeah, yeah I'm black and I'm here and I ain't going nowhere. To die. <laughs> Put it on a mug. I'm black and I'm here, period. That's where we're at. Okay. <laughs> man. Um, man, that's so good. And like, I, I can relate both to you guys um, as far as 
having that same like journey from like high school into poor high school actually in the craziest of things me and jordan went to the same high school uh disconnected for years got reconnected like two three years ago which is insane um and for me i heard both of you talk about kind of educators and um i guess i'll tie my question in with a story for me i didn't know I chose dance later in life. I also chose dance to pursue it in college. It's like the both of you later, really to the last minute. Like I went to an audition because someone was like, oh, there's an audition this weekend, you wanna go? And I was like, okay, cool. I, like, there was no planning. Like there's no things I should have done. But for me, I when I came to school and started taking class, I had only taken dance in like an informal setting and no studio. I mean, like we was on the praise team at, at church. They made me dance because they didn't want you living your best life or whatever they wanted. And then I would do hip hop at the house with the cousins and stuff like that, like any social settings. So by the time I got to class, they're like, where are these ties to all this other stuff? It was very foreign. I was like, bump y'all. I'm not doing nothing. Matter of fact, I was not getting probation until the eighth grade. Like I didn't perform for the first time until I was in eighth grade. That means two whole years of school. I was like, I'm not doing nothing. But for me, it was a teacher who stepped in and it was a black dance teacher because I was cutting up, you know, in trouble and in all that stuff. And we we were learning stags across the floor. These, you know, just stag leaves across the floor. And she was really into like this, like classic modern, you're gonna learn these stags. And um, <laughs> I did it across the floor and she was standing in the door. It was another teacher's classroom. And she, she looked, stopped the entire room pulled me she said you come here and pulled me to the front to go across the floor and said do it by yourself and I'm like oh lord I was like what what did I do did I did I do it wrong um I went across by myself and she said do you see that and I said uh-huh like yeah she was like if you applied yourself you could do this like that was wonderful like I mean like the full-on like stop I'm about to either roast you <laughs> or like <laughs> community encourage something I see in you and for me I think I didn't realize how important that moment was to have a, 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 a black teacher step in and look and say, I know there's a lot going on, but you have something to bring to the table and you can do this and do this thing, this thing well. And so I now having taught in certain settings, I know both of you either teach full time or have taught in certain settings. Um, I would love to know if there was a black educational experience, whether it was a, a teacher that kind of formed your, your, your interest in the field or now how do you approach your teaching embodied as who you are as black people when you come into the room especially with um other students that are different than you or, or not like you or that you see you're like oh lord i know this one I, this one is this one i know you because i i know you from from life from experience and i, and I want to teach in a certain way to you so yeah that's general pick from whenever you thought from that and um yeah it had a lot i think for my so for me as a teacher when i am teaching in any in any space um a lot of what I do, how I come into that space is informed by my experience, like, like I, going back to my experience in college, where I felt like um, I was in a lot of spaces where, and consistently in a, in a space as a dancer or in rehearsals, um, in conversations with professors and teachers, where it was just like, I don't, I didn't feel like my, I really had a voice um, and that my voice mattered. Uh, and so for me, one of the things that I really made sure that I, I as I continue to learn how to how to value myself and my voice and to rec and to self-advocate. One of the things I really bring into my teaching practice is this idea that, that students have a voice um, and that it's important to listen to them. Um, and, and I liked, I personally, when I come into my classroom to teach or to any class space, I like to have conversations with my students. I like to get to know them on a level. It doesn't have to be deep down. We got to talk and have a 
really emotional sit down, but I just like to let them know and I like them to know that this is a safe space. Um, and I think that sometimes in dance, a lot of times in dance, there's a little bit, there's not a lot of that. Um, and especially in professional settings uh, or educational settings, excuse me, there's not a lot of um, reiterating and letting this, helping the students feel and, and understand that this is a safe space where you can fail, mess up, make mistakes, do, do, do whatever you need to do to figure out how to, how to do this thing. Because dance is tough, dance is hard, and dance can be messy uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways. And so I, in my, again, like in my own artistic practice, it's important for me to really establish that idea. Um, because I think you really start to get, you really see progress in students when you help them feel like they can do those things in a space, as opposed to come in and be a particular way, these high expectations for them to perform a certain way. It's like, no, that's not gonna happen because like you said, everybody is different. Everybody comes from a different walk of life. Everybody has a different level of teaching, understanding, education especially as it relates to dance, because you know, there's a million dance schools out there, I, uh, ideas of thoughts and, and how we do a certain thing, how you tendu and how you do a plie and you know, different ballet methods, Bagadava, you know, Chiquetti, whatever, whatever, Balanchine's own stylistic approach. There's a lot out there. So, you know, it's important for students when they come in, in my mind, to feel like it's okay, you can bring all that with you, but, and, but let's, you know, come into this space together, open mind, and let's see what we can do together. Uh, especially as a as a choreographer, especially as a choreographer, um, it's huge for me as a choreographer because I'm like, if we're not having fun, we're not doing this. If we're not in a safe space and I don't feel safe in this space, I can't do my I can't bring my best self and I can't do my best work. Um, so it, you know, those are that's extremely important for me. I, that's probably the most defining principle of my teaching practice is that idea. Um, on top of that, obviously, the, the training, my edu my educational background, my training speaks for itself, very classical in approach, but uh, and that doesn't mean anything to me. I kind of go in the space and do whatever I feel. So, you know. So, so nice, nice, nice. How about you, Amelia? Yeah, um, when I was an undergrad, I had a teacher. Um, she was from New York and she taught us jazz technique was the class, it was jazz, right? But she also gave us Horton and Dunham. It was like a mixture in hip hop, a mixture of all things in one class. And she would give us the nitty gritty of life outside of college in regards to dance. She would tell us the hardcore truths that we needed to hear. She would say that all of you are not going to make it. But if you push yourselves, if you try hard, if you want to get out there and really make something of yourself, you can make it but you can't just sit around and expect it to happen. And so I took that to heart and I live with that still to this day. And I preach that to my own students. Um, like Jordan was saying, I know that they come in from all walks of life. Um, a lot of them, you know, take dance at their studios. And so they've learned dance, you know, in this setting. And then they come to me with all of my history and my background and I'm, figuring out what is important to me and what is important to teach to them. And like you said, I want to keep it an open, vulnerable space, a safe space uh, to have that good rapport with them to make sure that they are safe and are um, open to talking about everything. And I always tell them that if this is what you want to do, you have to work at it. Mm -hmm. Dance is a hard feel. 
It's not easy. It's not about how many pirouettes you can do or how you high you can kick your leg up to your nose. Like you have to be a well-rounded individual, not even just with different techniques, but knowing about, you know, where it comes from, how to approach it, the, the philosophy of it, um, the, the analyzation of it, everything. And so that has become a huge part of my teaching practice. And especially for my, all my little black girls and my little black boys, like you're going to have it even harder in this field. Um, you're going to be up against some, some, some hardcore folks. So if you want to make it, you've got to work at it. And, and yeah, that's been my philosophy. That's been my approach and it's been working out pretty, pretty well. I had some kids that's, you know, traveling and dancing and different circuits. So I guess I'm doing good, <laughs> man. Making some stars out here. <laughs> Plan right. Just give me the will call. Put me a will call. That's all I have. Put me a will call. That's it. Okay. <laughs> um, man, that's so cool. And I love the fact that you guys are thinking. Um, shouldn't have to be said, but thinking critically about all of those things into the classroom. Because I know there are are educators who may not. Um, give that same brain space to it. And I think the more um, artists, teaching artists, educators, giving that brain space to seeing your students as whole people um, will just, I mean, I think it'll make healthier, healthier dancers with a long, longer longevity and however long they wanna be in the field. Um, but on that kind of like conversation of the things that, that wrap up your particular voice as an artist, um, I would love to know moving into your creative side, uh, what your influences are and how did they become your influences? Um, and for me to frame it up, I would say, um, I didn't really know I could have access to uh, certain styles of dance, like colluding all at the same time, because when I came into the concert world, it was like, you're gonna learn these classic techniques and everything else that you've, you've brought into, like your, your embodied movement from family, from friends, from other genres, they don't make it into this space only for choreographing. So for me, I didn't know that you could incorporate all the ways that you move and been moving your whole life mm -hmm. into the ways that you were learning. Um, and that kind of coincided when I started realizing that this is what Black artists have been doing the entire time, <laughs> innovating on top of what either was classic or creating their new classic and melding them together. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, the high school experience like we had at the Performing Arts High School was we learned a lot of histories. So we watched, um, we watched, I think I watched like, I think I've seen Revelations more than any human needs <laughs> to see it. Like that's like starting one. It's like, and we will watch Revelations yeah. every year. <laughs> and then we'll move on to, what was that documentary um, with Bill T. Jones? It's like African-Americans in dance, like that long one where you, like, you see like, uh, I think it's Barrel House Blues. Like you get all the backup, all that stuff every year. Yeah. Um, but for me, it was seeing, um, it was eighth grade field trip, seeing Bill T. Jones's company on stage. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's a black man. A black man has made this work. <laughs> like I didn't really, it didn't click for me. And I was like, and those are black dancers. Mm -hmm. And and on one on one stage, on one well, step one was like, wow, they're on this proscenium stage, this place of all of its history of regalness and honor, and it's just them. And they look like me, and they're moving in this classic form. Um, that that kind of brightened my eyes. Be like, oh, I have I have place here. Like 
I can do this thing called concert dance. There's people like me doing it for a long time and doing it to this high level of performance, you know? Mm-hmm. But then on, I think within coinciding with that same journey of like accepting my station of my blackness, my class, the classism, the gender, the race, all that stuff that goes into my blackness, not necessarily having to just present itself in the same classical forms to be considered high art, but that I could bring my raggediness, my hoodness, like all this other stuff, my hood proximity into the conversation. I didn't see that later on until really now. I was like, oh shoot, we can be like the whole black self too. <laughs> like, and not just like I am black and we are professionals and we're doing, <laughs> we're doing this dance, but I can I can bring all these other themes that influence me as well. Um, so at least for me on my journey, that's where it's where I'm I'm seeing this kind of teetering and shift. So I would love to to know if that's similar for you. Did you did you find a divide between like, man, the moment I, I first saw myself on stage and how that informed your artistry now? Or um are are you seeing maybe a regression of some things that you picked up before? So revolving your artistry and um some of the black artists that may have influenced that journey for you. Um how are you seeing that? How are you seeing those influences now working out and what you're making? Um, is there anything you're pulling back on? Anything you're diving back into? I would just love to know what those kind of thought processes are in your creative like expression right now. Sure. I can go first this time. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'm glad you had that experience in uh, high school because I did not, even though I went to a performing arts high school, we were all about technique and performing for this place and that place. It wasn't until undergrad is where I got the the dance history and we had a whole section on black dance history and it's when I learned about Bill T. Jones and Alvin Ailey and Ron K. Brown and all these folks that I did not know existed I didn't know that they were you know out here making art and I remember Urban Bush Women Mm. was a guest artist one time they performed uh at our school in my school and it was then I was like whoa those are black women, not just dancing. They're up there just moving and grooving and, and <laughs> all the things and singing and, and doing spoken word. I'm like, all of that can happen at the same time while dancing. And the piece that they showed was hair stories. Mm. And that's when I just fell in love with my blackness, like again and again and again. I'm like you can create a piece about black hair. What? <laughs> I was just blown away and I've been following them almost like a stalker since then. (laughs) And a lot of their work influences and I am inspired by what they do and it shows up in my work. Um, Like I said earlier, it's it's creating work and speaking from a black female voice. um, And even though I have like a mixture of students, in, of, of different diversities and, and different demographics in my uh, at my school, I still throw that in there. I'm like, eh, it's not gonna hurt for y'all to know about this. <laughs> not gonna hurt at all. And <laughs> and we do a lot of work, uh, um, a lot of writing, a lot of talking about different urban bush women work, and also Bill T. Jones and Ron K. Brown, and um, uh, a couple of my favorite uh, urban bush women dancers, Crystal Brown, Maria Bauman. Yeah, uh, Shawnee Collins, Achilles, yeah. all of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, they just show up in all everything that I do. And I try to keep that in my creative practice um, within the school and outside of schools. I think it's important to be seen, for that to be seen and for that to be known. And I mean, it goes without saying, of course, we are not monolithic. 
Mm -hmm. uh, we all have similar experiences, but different experiences, and we deserve to have it to be heard and for it to be seen in different ways. And so I try, again, I try to preach that to my students and I preach that to myself um, in my creative practices and my choreographic efforts and the whole nine. So, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, <laughs> this is a very loaded question, for, loaded <laughs> thing for me. Because I have so many, you know, so many thoughts about about it all. Um, some just to name, I'm gonna name, I'm gonna start naming names, okay? Just so <laughs> it's up my brain. Um, first and foremost, uh, everybody that knows me pretty well knows that my pretty one of my biggest in, in terms of inspirations, just as an artist in general, is uh, Chance the Rapper for mm. so many reasons. Mm. Um, specifically because of the fact that this man really is an individual in every aspect of that, what that means. Like he really did his own thing, has always been doing his own thing. And that was always his goal. And to give back to the people that matter and the communities that matter to him and where he grew up, that kind of stuff. It's very much all here. Like, yeah, so there's that. But also I'm just, even in terms of, in terms of dance and in terms of my own individual work, um, you have Kyle Abraham, Camille Brown, Joel Lane, Ron K. Brown, um, Clifton Brown, <laughs> a lot of Browns. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, a lot of brown I, people. Like, I mean, a lot of brown people, but also just looking at people like, uh, I mean, Crystal, you got Crystal Pye, you have yeah. counter technique, you have um, just so many, there's so many things that I find myself, one of the things I love the most about dance, especially at a time like now where um, it's and it's consistently changing is I, I just love that it feels like you can bring I can bring my whole self mm -hmm. to the to the to, and to, to dance whatever that means like if I have whatever background then absolutely bring that bring that in the space I'm all about that because I'm like it all informs it anyway like it informs the your, your body needs to be informed in as many ways as possible because the more information the better I feel like Camille has actually said that in many interviews like you know she's like I'm dancing at this point in my life like this age it's like, it's, it's a different experience, you know, and hitting your forties and, you know, you're like, wow, okay, I'm not 40, but I'm saying, like, you know, like I imagine all that lived experience, all that information that your body's taking in at that point in your life, it absolutely informs your practice, informs your dancing in a different way. And I find myself experiencing that now in my life. I'm mm -hmm. um, paying more attention to it at least mm -hmm. um, real specifically. Um, again, like going back to college, like all the stuff we did in college, all that classical training and, you know, then we started getting counter technique in there. Um, and then I started, you know, the musical theater in me, it's all that stuff has really started to show itself in so many ways in my in my artistic practice. So, so much so that as a dancer myself in my choreographic work, I tend to really bring a lot of elements specifically as it relates to the performative aspects of musical theater mm -hmm. in my work. Um, I absolutely love the idea of props. I love setting, I love the idea of building a scene, building a, a setting, building a space like with with objects and items and idea, you know, in that sense, um, and the costuming and all of it. I really love that aspect in terms of chore we're bringing that to my choreographic work. Um, but I find myself also wanting to to bounce back and go into and sometimes come into this space of like let's just keep it all as bare and as simple as possible. Yeah. Um. I'm I per I've been working on a a personal thing a project of mine called Black Boy Rhetoric. And it's been a thing I've been working on for like two, two and a half years now. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, some solos that I've been working on to collaborate, to uh, come, come bring together into a one man show. 
Um, who, who knows when it will go up? <laughs> but it is a work in progress. But it's, it's literally, it's literally about my, uh, so much of what we've just been, what we, we've been talking about in this conversation. It's, it's literally about me bringing my entire self, my entire lived experience in my own way, in my own, in the, telling my own narrative and bringing all those things that have made, that have informed me to, up to this point into a into a dance and like really trying to using it to tell a story about myself um and how i got to where i am and who i am and who i think i am now and who i may be later on i don't know um it's it's a you know it's a lot but i don't know it's a lot it's there's a lot of influences in my work um i can't really i can never i could never really pinpoint any one particular i just am always inspired and consistently inspired by the work that i see um, hip hop too, like you know, there's a lot of hip -hop, great hip hop artists um, that I really love. Feel uh, feel right, you know, like some great people out here, and their work is amazing. It's phenomenal. It gets me moving, gets me excited, and I think that there's, you know, you all again, even just seeing it, you bring all that to the work. Um, yeah, I, and I don't know, it's, it's, I don't know if I, again, like as an artist, I feel like you're always in this space of reflection, like. At least if you're in, depending on who, where you, I don't know, maybe the artist varies, but as me, myself, I'm always in this space of reflection and wanting to make sure that when I am doing anything artistic that at all, that it's it's representative of, of me in an authentic way. Um, and what else, it's, it's not, it's authentic if it's really from me. And so, you know, all those things are a part of me. So I just consider, you know, I don't know, that's all. I don't know if anything I said makes sense, but <laughs> it's, 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 it's a loaded thing for me because it's so it's there's so many layers to it. There's so many aspects of it. Um, and it's so important to not leave anything out, I really think. And I think that's kind of the context of culture right now. You know, you can't leave anything out. You got to really consider what's all there. The whole story, the whole truth, not just some of the, you know, false facts, <laughs> the false truths. But, you know, anyway, yeah. No, that's. That's perfect. I mean, like, and I, I feel that and you both spoke to it saying like bringing your whole, your whole self to the stage and your whole self to the process. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it can feel like, at least for me, it feels like a surge of energy when like thinking even about that, because like you realize like you're constantly growing and changing and evolving. So then like your influences are growing and changing and evolving, but you're making now in relation to the past while in receiving new information and understanding yourself more. And that's influencing the same process that you're doing. So then it's like my work yesterday may be different than my work tomorrow, but it's all the same information as we're like developing one as people period. Um, mm -hmm. But then also like as, as black people, and I don't know, this is just for you. I mean, how, how it hits you, but I feel like when, when we're making and attempting to, to just speak, whether it's for ourselves, whether it's just for the practice sake, whether it is for like an ended goal, an ended project goal or something. Do you ever find the tension of wanting to have a contemporary voice for all of your influences and what you want to say and the tendency tie or at least temptation for me to always have, not always having to, but the need to address the overall things going on in society? I mean, my personal like premise, my personal premise, this is just me just thinking, okay, look, we haven't had the privilege <laughs> to make deconstructed art yet. I was talking to somebody about this. I was like, I got time to be thinking about minimalistic ways of applying and approaching these particular ways of making art because 
from my understanding, they come from certain philosophies and philosophies are informed by your position to even think and associate with those things, you know? Mm-hmm. Our enlightenment gives us expressive individualism so that we're focused on like the individual, like we get, like it happens all at the same time. History, philosophy is happening. Mm-hmm. But then the black experience, I feel like sometimes we haven't had the privilege to really even begin to make art in this like disconnected way. So how are you <laughs> as an artist maybe toggling, thinking, engaging, or choosing to disengage between making art for um, art's sake, for what you want to produce, and how it relates to the current, like, either need, necessity, or expectedness, so that's a word, or the expectation for you to speak on certain things as a brown, brown person. (laughs) You and these loaded, loaded questions. That is also a loaded question, and I have a very loaded response for you because I have a very strong opinion about that exact thing. Um, I've been reflecting on it a lot, and I've had it's funny because I've had so many conversations as of late, uh, and it's interesting even working up from a grants grants making perspective. Like, there are lots of artists applying for grants, specifically black artists, or even not even non-black artists applying for grants that are trying to do this work to address and talk about systemic racism, injustice, inequality, diversity. And it's like, I don't have an issue with people wanting to do that at all. I think that we as artists speak to the times that we live in, absolutely. At the same time, not all art is activism um, and and it doesn't have to be. Um, Uh it's It's hard to separate the two because I think there is an expectation that as you're creating, especially as a black body, that your work speak to the black experience. And I have my question to people who may argue that your work doesn't, that, that you know, that's our responsibility as black artists is like, like, just because I don't create a work about activism, how does, how is the work that's not about activism separate from my black experience? It's the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. it, it's like, you know, like, like black boy rhetoric was not made to be a statement piece about what's happening in society. It's literally about me, my work, and about my individual Black experience that I wanted to tell before <laughs> before it felt like right now. I mean, obviously this has been a, culturally Black Lives Matter and all this stuff has always, has always been, a, already been a thing. Like it's always been a conversation, but culturally it feels so much more significant now because of what's happening and what's happening in our society. And it's like, this was my, this solo stuff of mine was a thing before that. So like, mm-hmm. I always feel the tension because I'm like, I, this is not, this is not supposed to be a piece to talk about um, these issues. And this is where the, this is where this idea of like, let the work speak for itself comes in my mind comes into play because then in that sense, if people get that from seeing it, fine. Absolutely, because it speaks to something similar, but it's not the intention for the work. Um, and I think it's hard when you're as, a, as an artist to, a, to, you know, you have your own intention. Again, you have your own intention for the work and then there's an expectation from the audience. And I'm really be honest with you. I don't know if you can separate those things ever. <laughs> you just have to be clear about your intention as much as you can and just what people get from it, people get from it. Um, which sometimes can suck uh, <laughs> and not be <laughs> ideal. But I honestly, I just, ha- I, I, for me, I sum it up, I'll sum, I'll sum it back up in, a few, in just the fact that not all art is activism and it doesn't have to be. I think that we just have to accept that and that we also, as especially as black creators, have to give ourselves space to not engage with everything related to 
this movement all the time in every way because it's exhausting. Um, truthfully, it's exhausting because you're, it's like you're reliving trauma. You're talking about it even though you don't want to talk about it. You're you're doing things you may not want. You may not be in a space to do, and everything. And you don't want to create work that that does this that does that for you. So <laughs> like I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. It really is. But personally, I do feel like, you know, people like even our own people sometimes I'm like, don't be mad at me if I post this video that has nothing to do with this right now, because I do not want to talk about that. I want to talk about. But I think there is some there's also this level of within our community. There are people who understand that, that we, we as a community understand that, like to an extent <laughs> that we you know, if we don't post work like that, you know, it doesn't mean we're not. And we're not engaging with the uh with the, what's happening um i don't know it's an interest this is all interesting that's like i said loaded questions man loaded questions hey hot take i'm here for it they say <laughs> i mean but this is i i love this because this is the conversation we're having some people ha aren't even at this point in the conversation they're still wondering like how we're feeling about things i'm like this is what we're trying to process right now this is a present process this is right. what it looks like and i mean i would love to hear how yeah go ahead what you got Right. Yeah, it is a loaded question. It's, it's a, a, a fancy conundrum of sorts. <laughs> of, <laughs> uh, you know, on one end, like Nina Simone says that an artist's duty is to reflect the times, right? And then you take that into being a Black artist and you know all the crap that goes on in, in our life from the time that we're born to the day that we die it's like, does all of my work have to reflect every single thing that's happening to me? Mm -hmm. Just by me being on the stage, that's Black artistry in the making right there, no matter what it is that I have choreographed or what it is that I'm dancing about. Um, and I remember reading, when Kyle Abraham was creating Untitled America, I remember reading an article about it, and he said something along the lines of that he's not necessarily an activist, but he's making work and he made that work to be in the spectrum of, of advocacy and of activism. So I feel like I'm in that, in that spectrum as well. Um, what I do is not, um, all, all of it is not about activism and strong black woman, here I am, but it, it's there already. And because I am black, um, and like I said, whenever I'm in the space, all of my background is coming with me. Black artistry is happening right there, no matter what it is that I'm creating or what's happening or you know what it is that I'm trying to say. Um, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's loaded. <laughs> trying to sum it up. Uh, so yeah, it's a fine line of, of figuring out and wanting to create this black art about this black thing based on what's happening in our black society right now. Um, and then stepping away from it and just making work for work's sake. Um, this is what I grew up doing. This is what I wanted to do. I've been in it for so long. So um, yeah, it's just showing up and having it there. But of course the background of it is, yeah, it's a black woman that's creating this. And then, like you said, the audience may perceive it as, oh, this is going to be about something black and powerful because it's a black woman doing it. I mean, <laughs> if that's what you want to take from it. That's fine. And I'm OK with it. <laughs> but just know that that's not always the case. I mean, 
it could it can be and it doesn't have to be but just you know enjoy it for what it is um yeah <laughs> man no i i get it no i mean in the sense like i appreciate y'all just just sharing it um because that's what it is like i think that's what the point of conversation is is to be able to open up listeners ears to the things that other people are thinking because we're not all thinking the same thing and you guys all have qualified it and disqualified it and said yes and no and we're different and we're thinking about it um in multiple ways and there and no whoever listener listening to this um there are black people who feel and think differently go talk to them <laughs> i talk to them exactly. <laughs> on it's kind of the point you know all of the opinions expressed here do not represent the opinions of all black artists that's kind of the point <laughs> so talk talk to more black people see what they're thinking see what they're feeling see how they're are creating um and that that's kind of the point of rhetoric is to be able to bring our whole selves and our whole selves are different and um but the really precious thing I think at least about this conversation is today is that it just gets me excited to know that um, there's been and will always be black artists making making art intentionally and thinking about it well and coming from it with their best with their best abilities for the for the sake of this is who we are this is our skill set this is our right. path, this is our desire and we're we're wanting to we're wanting to contribute this to the world on whatever level it looks like. Sometimes it might look like talking about some trauma. Sometimes it looks like maybe I was inspired by making a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And that's all I wanted to say. But- <laughs> <laughs> I'm see it. Okay. Exactly. Um, so my last question for you guys is the wrap of our time is what, as we're looking to the future, and I know that can be like, if it's, I'm a perpetual optimist. So like, if you're like, we still in a pandemic, what you mean future? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just <laughs> to say, as you look towards at least the future or your current making and, and, and projected dreams and ideas, hopefully they're, they're sparking there. If they're not, that's fine, that's where you are. What are you finding yourself, if not excited, but enraptured, intrigued by, what is encouraging you? Where are you finding your hope in the sense of, being an artist, being a black artist, and 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 what you're at least excited to attempt in the future in what you want to contribute, um, yeah, just just what's what's got you, what's got some some gas in the tank, you know, what's got a little spark under you in this particular thing, if it's big, small, whatever. I can speak to um, what I'm currently working on for uh, the artists in residency program through NCDF. Um, I'm just creating work about me because. You know, when I do stuff outside of my students, I don't want to sound hypocritical, but it's all about blackness <laughs> and, <laughs> and black power and all this. But I mean, of course, it's about me. It's about my personal black experience. But it's just it's a love letter to myself and oh, discovering wow. self-love and, and self-care and um, discover, discovering who I am as a 37-year-old black woman who's still single and without child in this uh, world. And um, that's what I'm excited about, of, of really, really getting my voice out, even if it doesn't go past North Carolina. It's just putting something to my name that doesn't have anything to do with Amelia as the teacher or Amelia as um, a former grad student at UNCG underneath people like Dwayne and Robin and all of them. And this is just about just me in 2021, during a pandemic and discovering who I am as an artist and, you know, what it is that I want to say and just creating movement, um, still recognizing and understanding and realizing that we got a lot of stuff happening in our society right now, especially in the Black community, but taking some time 
for myself and loving myself and um, yeah, and enjoying the process. So that's what I'm excited about. So I'm looking forward to um, and not necessarily just, you know, having a plan every time I have rehearsal, I'm just in the space, just making movement out of just sheer excitement and joy to not have it to be catered to a, a child and what that child can do is all about, you know, what feels good to me and what feels good to my body and exactly what I want to say through movement and through voice. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my happiness for 2021. Love that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm this. I'm I'm excited, and I'm looking forward to some simple things to start. Um, I really just want to go back to the studio. Um, I really miss being in a studio space and just laying on the floor and playing music and doing nothing. <laughs> um, and letting my imagination run wild. I miss that so much. Um, I don't think people realize who are who don't who are not a part of this artistic practice as dancers. I don't think they realize how therapeutic and how much of a ministry it is to be able to move in a studio, in a space and play some music and just move around. Uh, I missed that. Um, it's, I missed that piece of my sanity. Um, I also am looking forward to uh, taking class again, um, not on Zoom. I have not taken a single Zoom class on purpose because it's just not for me. I, I do not, I personally want the actual connection. And so I just don't want to do <laughs> that. I also don't have space in my house for that and I'm not making space. Um, <laughs> but looking forward to being in an actual, like being in a class and actually being able to get back into my body and listen to someone as they guide me to experience my body, experience you know movement in a different way. Or maybe the same way. Who knows? Whatever. I don't care. I just want to experience something. <laughs> um, I'm also really looking forward to different people's stories. Like, I'm I'm so excited about Black people telling their own stories. I'm excited about people of color telling their own stories. I'm excited about new narratives. I'm excited about what who's who's pop, who's going to pop up out of the out of the mix. You know, like there's as as troubling as as the pandemic has been on the industry. I think it's also interesting, it will be interesting to see how it really has has allowed people or made people reflect um, and really think about what it means to do this work um, and how we do it. Uh, I'm excited to see what comes out of that. And if there are some new creative ways that we approach this thing called dance, um, how, you know, it's cool to see Zoom dancing, but like maybe there's something that comes out of this, but I don't know, I have no idea. I'm excited for, I'm excited for the creativity. I'm excited to feel create reignited in that way. Um, I'm also just really looking forward, looking forward to um, an opportunity to really uh, present my own work, man. Um, it's been a while since I've done it. And so I'm like really looking forward to an opportunity to do that, uh, and and passing that and passing that mark that marker on my list of things. You know, check it off. Finally, it's done. Um, but yeah, those are just a few things, and I think there's pretty relatively simple things. But um, you know, yeah, and just excited to continue to see how uh, things play out in society. <laughs> uh, looking forward to some more hopeful news sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, right. you know, there's a lot of that other stuff. So 
I don't know. But anyway, um, yeah, just a few, just those things. Yeah. Man. Well, I mean, I guess I can add mine so it could be fair. I am. Um, yeah, I'm excited to to explore. For me, I'm real. I'm a grown woman. I just had a birthday and all of a sudden I'm a grown woman. And um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing as a grown woman now. Um, so I just artistically, I'm really, inter- I'm just interested in femininity and the ways of I've related to it and the ways I have rejected many things and the things I've just been kind of capturing my, my interest is a lot of like hip hop culture like I'm just like stuck right now I'm like fixated like on the 90s and like the early 2000s and and female rappers and the way they presented themselves within you know specific or against gender roles all their stuff I was like because all that informed like how I'm thinking of myself as a grown woman and I just I don't I feel like there's some processing there. I mean, like, that's what, that's all I got. <laughs> so I should probably process some of these things now that I'm grown. Um, apparently that's <laughs> so emotional health and spiritual health is all wrapped up in that, but also that just, yeah, let's, let's, let's do that. And hopefully to do it through, through some film and do it through where I can direct the gaze differently. And I have no idea what I'm doing. So if you're listening to this and you have some ideas, Please hit me up because I don't know. Anyway, um, and if you've heard, you know, the wonderful things from um, Jordan Booker Medley and Amelia Bird, I'm so glad to have you, have had you this afternoon to just talk on um, this good old Black History Month. Um, <laughs> just thank you all so much. And uh, I appreciate your thoughts. I appreciate your individuality. I appreciate what you bring to this industry. I appreciate, I know your students. I know those you are guiding through the financial process. All of those things are, um, are appreciated to just see because we know we just talked about what it was like to have people who look like us and could understand us on some level be there in the gap so thank you guys for being there for students and artists and um, i'm glad to have this combo and get to know you so best wishes on this wonderful uh february 13th and uh, again any listener if you are interested in any of what uh these two have said please contact them we'll put their contact information in the bio all right so have a great afternoon and um Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. This is great. I hope you enjoyed listening back to this conversation and a big thank you again to Vania for hosting and to Amelia and Jordan for sharing so much of themselves. We'll put links in the show notes to connect with these artists as well as info about the March 10th Virtual Dance Discovery Club where we'll be watching and discussing choreographic work by Amelia. In the show notes, you'll also find the link to our website, danceproject.org slash ncdf, where you'll find information about upcoming NC Dance Festival events, including the next call for submissions for artists who wish to be a part of our 2022-23 season, as well as the next cohort of artists and residents. From there, you can also join our mailing list and follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Dance Project Inc. and on Facebook at NC Dance Festival. Join me for the next episode of In Process, which will air February 17th, featuring dance artist Teresia Hoey-Gordon. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening. In Process is sponsored by Atrium Health, Wake Forest Baptist Performing Arts Medicine Program. The NC Dance Festival 30th anniversary is supported by the National Endowment for the Arts, the North Carolina Arts Council, Lincoln Financial Foundation, Kimberly and Mark Trebus, Stearns Financial Group, and Downtown Greensboro, Inc. 
We need the support of individual donors and business sponsors as well to make possible the innovative work that North Carolina dancers are creating, bring students meaningful experiences with the arts, and strengthen the community through dance. To make a gift to the festival fund, please visit danceproject.org give. Thanks for your support.